gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Matthew in the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. We may need to uh, let Tracy know that there was GPS back then. Um, it was the God Position Star. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about this part of Scripture, this story of Jesus' birth. First off, and we're going to sing it, we sing, We Three Kings, right? Um, but Matthew didn't say they were kings, did he? He said they were wise men. Our traditions in Christianity sometimes evolve over time, and they evolve as Christianity itself evolves and spreads throughout the world and intersects with other cultures and other people. And so we get the stories of Melchior, Gaspar, also known as Caspar, and Balthazar, right? And these three gentlemen are supposed to be kings of Persia, Arabia, and India. Or perhaps of Arabia, Syria, and somewhere in Africa. So, where are they from? Jim, do you know where they're from? Yeah, you, you, yeah, okay. 
The reason Jim's laughing is because he knows that I could go on and name about 10 or 15 other countries that these kings are supposed to have come from, even as far away as China. So sometimes we, we add things into the story and we bring them to life more because they bring more meaning to, to some of us. So it's not so much that I'm saying these aren't the three names. I'm not even saying they didn't come from certain places. What I am saying is sometimes our traditions tell us something more than the story intended to tell us, and we need to be careful about putting too much on our tradition versus hearing God's story. The point of Matthew bringing up that these three magi came is an expression of a global understanding of the birth of Jesus Christ. To express that even for those who weren't Hebrews, they saw the signs of God in the heavens and on earth. These magi were those high priests who understood astrology. They studied the skies. Hear the words. They saw the rising of his star. That's how they knew. And so they traveled to bring their homage to this newborn king, knowing that this newborn king was something greater than any other king born on earth. Now, one of the other traditions is that these three kings rode by themselves. Um, they came from really far away. It took them at least a year, if not close to two years, for them to arrive and find Christ. And they were traveling with very expensive gifts. I'm pretty confident in my understanding of these times, that someone who was wealthy and traveling with expensive gifts would not go it alone. I'm also pretty sure that these priests who had high connections to kings were given royal authority to make this trip and therefore were given royal guards to go with them. So think about that. These Three persons, whether they're from one country or three countries or wherever, are not traveling just as three individuals. They are traveling en masse with armed guards, with those who are carrying... I mean, think about this. They weren't stopping at Holiday Inn Expresses every night. Their Holiday Inn Expresses were the tents that were being carried with them every night. There were people to provide them food, to take care of all their needs. This was an entourage of massive proportion. And they're coming with super special gifts. So I want you to think about that. When we hear that Herod and all of Jerusalem is afraid of their proclamation, there's also this thing of, remember, Israel is an occupied country is a constantly occupied country. 
one empire after another walks in and takes over, right? So wouldn't you be afraid if all of a sudden you saw three strange men from way beyond your known world coming with armed guards, coming with an entourage? Wouldn't you go, again? And wouldn't there be some fear in that moment? But then to hear that there is a new king born, wouldn't there be some fear there? I mean, part of that fear is something that we hear proclaimed at Jesus' trial. When Israel looks at Pilate and says, we have no king but Caesar. Because they know the penalty of saying that they have a king. So there's a lot of fear going on here. But it's amazing that these wise men who come show no concern about trying to take away from Herod show no concern about trying to take over Jerusalem. They're there solely for the purpose of finding Christ and paying homage to God's gift to the world. We get to the point of saying three kings because there's three gifts mentioned, right? Well, here's the fun thing in... in Christianity. In the Western church, we talk about three kings. In the Eastern Orthodox church, they talk about 12. Okay. Again, there's no distinction of how many. The important part is that there were these individuals. It is also important to look at what it is that's said by the gifts they bring. The gift of gold is what you bring to a king. That is the most abundant thing you bring to honor any king. Frankincense was used to burn in many different religious traditions as an offering towards God. So now we have a gift for the king, a gift for God. And then we have myrrh. Myrrh also is crushed and used as incense in many different things. It was a way to keep vermin out of homes because apparently rats don't like the smell of burning myrrh. But it was also something that was used in a lot of different bombs, healing bombs, but especially it was used in the preparation of the dead. It's a gift of mortality. It's a gift of the one who will be a sacrifice. That's what these magi know, that this is the king, this is God, but this is also the one who will be the sacrifice for life, for peace on earth. And so they come to recognize that of Jesus. Last week we talked about Herod's response to the birth of the new king. 
And this week we go back around to the scriptures just before that to hear that in a dream these men were told, Herod's got bad plans, don't tell him. So they leave by another way. We see in this moment Matthew helping us to understand the importance of the birth of Christ not only for Israel but for all of the world. We see Matthew starting his work to express to all of Israel that Christ is not just Christ for Israel. Christ is for the whole world, and it is Israel's responsibility to be the light to the world, to share Christ, to make Christ known, to go from a small space to the ends of the earth. His gospel begins specifically at Christ's birth in that story. This is the finding of Christ. That there are those who would be willing to leave their homes, to go on tremendous journeys, to bring great of themselves to offer to Christ because they know the importance of Christ to make a new world. We share the same responsibility given to ancient Israel even today. Which is why we come to the table. Which is why we celebrate the finding of Christ. Because the finding of Christ is not just for us. The finding of Christ is for all people. And we, we have been fortunate to know Christ to have found Christ, to have paid our homage. But now we are called to take that finding and to help others that they too may find the Christ child. So we still need GPS. And it may not be a God-positioning star anymore because, well, let's face it, anymore people can't see the stars at night that much anyways but we can be God-present selves for others. We can be present as God for other people, how we live, how we love, how we share with others. We can be a GPS to help those who are lost and on their own journey to find a new way home, to find themselves sitting, kneeling, praying before Christ, giving homage to the one who was so willing to prepare this table and to give of himself that we may all live in the kingdom. Amen.